Couchfish, Fox Meat Hen House. A quick word of introduction. My name is Stuart McDonald, and this is Couchfish, the perfect tub of ice cream for the traveller stranded on the couch. The newsletter has both a paid edition, which, tra- which mostly traces our fantasy itinerary through Southeast Asia, and a free one that covers, well, everything else. You're reading a mix of the two here today, and if you'd like to read the full edition, you can upgrade your subscription via the button below. Thank you. In survey after survey after survey, travellers state that they want to travel in a more responsible manner. They want clear information that will help them to choose businesses that support the goals of sustainable tourism. They want, in essence, to do their part to make travel better. Not only better for themselves, but better for destinations and the people who live there, and indeed, better for the planet. Laudable stuff. This is not a new desire. One can't throw a satay stick without hitting some news story detailing the latest ravages of tourism, and it is heartening that an increasing number of travellers are at least saying that this is a priority for them. So, who should step in and declare, we can fill this sustainability information black hole? Booking Holdings, the parent of online travel agents Booking and Agoda, among other firms, claims to be the world's leading provider of online travel and related services. According to its own propaganda, as of 2022, the undertaking listed over 28 million places to stay, sourced from over 220 countries. In that same year, the site processed a staggering 900 million room nights worth over 120 billion US dollars. Who better to have in the steering house of divining which properties are sustainable than a company with a vested interest in recommending as many properties as possible? In five acts, I'm going to cover first the genesis of their sustainability platform, how it works, some of the problems with it, consider why we're seeing these problems, and then look at why this is bad, both for travellers and destination residents. About half the post is free to read. To read the whole piece, please consider becoming a paying Couchfish subscriber. Membership costs $7 per month and delivers access to an archive of hundreds upon hundreds of posts. Part 1. How to build a hen house. Sustainable tourism sits upon a three-pronged foundation, economic, environmental and social. If a business takes a sustainable approach to its undertakings, It takes these aspects and considers how to operate without impinging on the future viability of a destination. In considering how to fashion this foundation, 
booking turned to Travelist, another corporate entity founded by some royal dude. The Travelist mission statement reads, Our mission is to make the travel industry more sustainable. We do this by convening leading industry players in a pre-competitive coalition to collaborate on bringing consistent sustainability information to the mainstream for the first time. This means we can empower consumers to make better choices for themselves and for the planet. As far as I can make out, Travelist consulted with the Global Sustainable Tourism Council, the GSTC, an independent advisory group, and their accommodation working group. A notable missing wheel is any form of non-tourism stakeholder voice from destinations. This not giving destinations their fair number of seats at the table is a problem that has plagued tourism forever. This ever-familiar oversight aside, this entourage banged their heads together and came up with five areas of sustainability, each with a subset of related aspects. The five areas, followed by their number of subsets, are Energy, with 19 Waste, 14 Water, 7 Biodiversity and Ecosystems 10. Destination and Community, 11. The list is, for what it is, sensible. There's nothing on it that people wouldn't consider to be a positive step, albeit perhaps the smallest of band-aids in some cases. I couldn't find the list anywhere on booking, which is a bit frustrating as properties often list sustainability achievements that are not on the list, so it isn't clear where some of the benchmarks are coming from. You can see the full list on Travelist here. As I mentioned up top, the broad pillars of sustainability are economic, environment and social. While the Travelist list doesn't tightly correspond to these, broad strokes the first four fall under environment and the last one social. Some aspects within energy, waste and water have economic angles, but it struck me as curious to not have a top-line category for economic impacts. More generally, there are many, many, many problems with the list. I'll return to both this omission and the the list's problems later. And while I know this is rich coming from me, Travelist needs to prioritise the hiring of an editor competent in the English language. Part 2. Fill the house with hens. List done and dusted. Participating properties self-select which sustainable practices they've adopted within the booking extranet. I was unable to see exactly how this works, but according to this page, it sounds like properties tick the boxes that apply to them, and this then populates a list on their property page on booking. There is also scope to add the property's various green accreditations and certifications, etc., 
which can supposedly play a part in checking the accuracy of what properties say, but, as I've written before, large tracts of that particular ecosystem more resemble a pyramid or pay-to-play scheme than anything intended to better inform travellers. So, I'm ignoring it here. Tick box ticked. Based on the property's location and practices, the program's eligibility criteria model, whatever that is, calculates an overall impact score. So what does this score look like? Booking has four implicit levels and one implied. Level 1. You've implemented some impactful sustainable sustainability practices. Level 2. You've made considerable investments and efforts to implement impactful sustainability practices. Level 3. You've made large investments and efforts to implement impactful sustainability practices. Level 3 plus. This property has made significant commitments towards sustainability by subscribing to one or more third-party sustainability certifications. And the other level is obviously not participating. Levels 1 to 4 get a non-clickable stylized leaf icon displayed near the top of their property profile page on booking. Then, depending on how many price brackets the property has listed, so anything from 4 to 10 scrolls down after the room pricing, there's a short section noting the property's travel sustainable level with a small link to read more. Click on that and you get a pop-up detailing what the property is doing. Depending on the property, this pop-up comes with, comes with a footnote saying either independent organizations verify all third-party certifications and sustainability steps, or the seemingly more common We've begun exploring verification processes for these steps using guests' feedback and a trusted third-party auditor. However, as of now, we can't fully guarantee the accuracy of this information. Both are followed by a link titled Learn More Here, which links to the Booking Sustainability homepage. Good luck learning anything about this there. On some location pages, Booking offers readers the ability to filter by these criteria, and credit where due, this functionality and visibility has been drastically improved in recent times. However, this filtering is not displayed consistently. For example, if you look at their page for Lamai Beach on Kosamui, There is no filter nor any sustainability leafs shown for properties. This seems odd as this is the page you would land on if you were to Google Lamai Beach Booking. The leaf and the filter often only appear after you enter your desired stay dates. Without getting too tangled in the weeds, The point I'm trying to make is that for a traveller concerned about sustainable travel, a filter like this where one can, with a single click, surface only the properties meeting, say, Travel Sustainable Level 3, is super useful. 
and for properties qualifying for this level, I'm pretty comfortable in guessing it is driving bookings. Indeed, Booking claimed that 73% of guests are more likely to book at a property that has sustainability practices in place. On a quick search for Kosamui, some 240 of a supposed 599 available properties had at least Level 1. Getting from Level 1 to Level 3 need not be all that demanding. Consider the KB Beach Club and Pool Villas. This is actually the top recommended property for Kosamui that booking surfaced to me. It has Travel Sustainability Level 1, and of the 61 items on the travel list list has ticked 18 of them. The Conrad Kosamui, a Travel Sustainable Level 3 Plus property, ticks 25 of them. That is out of 61. I think, guessing here, the plus is related to its certifications. The Conrad's other extra efforts, according to the Travelers list, single-use shampoo, conditioner, and body wash bottles not used, single-use plastic stirrers not used, single-use plastic straws not used, water-efficient showers, invest a percentage of revenue back into community projects or sustainability projects. Local artists are offered a platform to display their talents. Most food provided is organic. This doesn't strike me as the heaviest of lifting to jump two levels. I'll return to the Conrad a bit further along in this piece. But how useful and true is any of this information. Part 3. Unlock the gate. Booking are upfront. Well, as upfront as you can be when it is via a footnote on a pop-up reached via a small link some 4 to 10 scrolls down in saying that they have no idea if the information they use to determine the travel sustainable level is accurate. Indeed, browse hotels in Vietnam and be amazed at just how many of them are 100% renewable energy powered. Problems around places making stuff up is hardly breaking news, and Booking does say that properties telling tall tales will have their listings adjusted. But, to my mind, this is only half the problem. The real problem is that the list is, well, kind of shit. I know I said up top that there was nothing on the list that people would quibble about, but give it a closer read and you might start thinking this is the sort of checklist you come up with to make it look like you're doing something when you're not. Consider the 100% renewable energy example I used above. By Southeast Asian standards, Vietnam does have a fair amount of renewable, mostly hydro, energy on tap, but it is far from 100%. The chances of a 10-story, three-star hotel in Hanoi being on 100% renewable power is as likely as finding a good bowl of fur in Bali. More to the point, 
while renewable energy is something worth striving for, I think what is really missing here is context. Let me explain. Consider a traveller who decides they want to stay at a hotel that takes a prudent approach to its power usage. Telling the traveller a hotel uses 100% renewable power or that it reduced its use by 5% over the last year, another tick factor, are both useful to a point. However, as they lack context, as a point of comparison to any other hotel, they are largely meaningless. The real question is how much actual power does the property use? This matters not only with regard to comparing to other properties, but also to the destination as a whole. How much additional load onto the grid is yet another hotel adding? If you have two hotels, one of which is using the equivalent of the average daily household use per room night, and another is using tenfold that, then that is actionable intelligence. Booking could require properties to upload their meter readings from where a per-room figure, per-room night figure could be derived and then displayed to consumers. If they wanted to be less explicit, they could develop a bracketed by-room night kilowatt-hour range, say low, medium and high, with specific figures, and then note what the average per capita power use is for the country concerned. This is much more useful from a concerned traveller's point of view. Water use, as I've written before, is another great example. The Ritz-Carlton Langkawi uses 5,387.51 litres per room night, per room per night, while the average daily household use in Malaysia is 191 litres. On booking, the Ritz-Carlton Langkawi has a travel sustainable level 3, the second highest level of sustainability booking awards. The Ritz-Carlton on Kosamui, an island dealing with a major water crisis, uses 1,467.75 litres per room night, and on booking is again a travel sustainable level 3 property. Meanwhile, Kosamui requires 30,000 cubic metres of water per day, 24,000 of which is piped in from the mainland. Hard numbers help. As I've written before, when the Banyan Tree Group states that over 2,100 kilometres of cling film has been reduced, almost the equivalent distance from Singapore to Manila, the real question is, holy hell, how much are you still using? On the people side of things, again and again and again, the term local emerges. What do they mean by local? A local citizen or a foreigner living locally? I've highlighted this as being problematic with tour companies in the past, saying 80% of staff need to be local, a tick item, means nothing if management form 5% of the staff 
and they're all foreign. If a foreign manager lives locally, as most do, are they local? As I've written before, economic leakages, where money leaks out of the local economy, form one of tourism's many bugbears. A study of hotels in Bali, Indonesia, found that luxury chain hotels can have a leakage rate north of 50%, while homestays score below 10%. The biggest source of leakages were F&B, followed by staff and management fees. Why is this not presented in a simple fashion on booking sustainability checklist? In all these examples, there are hard numbers available from properties. What does the power meter read? How much water do they use? What is the nationality, not residential, breakdown of staff? Where is the money going? Part 4. Call in the foxes. It is with this last question, where's the money, that the biggest questions arise. As a part of researching this story, I went to set up a fake property on booking to find out what commission was applied. To be clear, I stopped short when I had to tick a box saying that the property was legitimate, so sadly you will not be able to book a room at Sky Govinda Lodge in Bali. Sky Govinda, in case you're wondering, is the name of my dog. The out-of-the-gates commission rate was 17.3%. This can increase if you want booking to charge cards for you, an additional 3%, and there are a raft of other there are apparently a raft of other additional commissions you can pay for stuff like improved visibility on the site a practice that has garnered legal attention in the past. This commission, though, is a direct economic leakage. Why isn't the commission a property pays to booking or a go to Expedia, Google or whoever listed? Why doesn't booking list for each property the country it pays the room fees to? If you book a hotel in Bali, and and booking pays your money into the hotel's parent company bank account in Canada, how much of that money makes it back to Indonesia? Yeah, the the Canada bit is a joke. I mean, you know, what sensible hotel company wouldn't do all their banking in a tax haven? Best of all, uh, booking already has this banking information and knows it is correct. They could put it on the site yesterday. Luxurious hotels are prone to economic leakages and use considerably more water and power than small homestays. The latter can provide important support to poverty alleviation in destinations, but the former, well, their potential is more towards the bottom line of booking or any other online travel agent. Let's return to the Conrad Kosamui a hotel with somewhere between 50 and almost 100 private pool villas, where rates start at 485 US dollars a night. Being generous and assuming they're on the baseline 17.3% commission, a night booked there would net booking over $80. At my fictional Bali doggy abode, 
no doggy horizon pool sorry where a double room cost 295,000 rupiah roughly $19 US the commission comes in at around 3 bucks part 5 and look the other way is it in the interests of travelers and destinations to have a company that profits off of every room sold play a central role in the design of a platform to showcase the sustainability efforts of said properties? Whose interest does it serve to have a sustainability checklist that pointedly ignores the highest impact practices of the most impactful style of property? Of the 14 waste categories, 8 relate to single-use plastic. Seriously? Let me simplify this for you, Booking. Does the place of business use single-use plastic? Yes or no? Why are businesses gaining up to 8 ticks over single-use plastic while not even being asked where they do their banking? Why are there separate ticks for bicycle rental and bicycle parking? I mean, how do you rent them if you have nowhere to park them? These are all a distraction. They're the low-hanging fruit that any business in their right mind should be doing anyway. A property doesn't need a sustainability consultant to tell them to switch to refillable water or compost or sort their trash. They need a decent accountant. I'm not saying single-use plastic isn't a problem. It most certainly is. What I am saying is that if booking was serious about single-use plastic, it could come out and say something like this. From January 1, 2024, if your property uses single-use plastic, you cannot be listed on booking. Now, that would be a statement, and one that brings me to my final point in this never-ending post. Why is booking's approach all carrot and no stick? By all means, give eight ticks for plastic, but why not deduct points for soaking up ridiculous amounts of water and power, or ignoring local laws about building 100 metres back from the high tide mark? As matters stand, a hotel continu- can continue with all manner of damaging business practices, and yet retain a travel sustainable sustainable level 3 ranking. It is in Booking's financial interests to have as many properties listed at level 3 as possible, and none of this is about, air quotes, empowering consumers to make better choices for themselves and for the planet. Rather, it is about rendering the concepts behind sustainable travel even more meaningless than they already are, while minimising any financial downside and keeping travellers booking on booking. We have an organisation 
that has processed over 120 billion US dollars in bookings. In many cases, channeling that money to the least sustainable properties of the entire industry in the planet's tourism sustainability wheelhouse. And that isn't good for anyone. Couchfish is 100% independent and reader supported. If you're not already a subscriber and you'd like to show your support, become a paying subscriber today for just $7 per month. You can find out more about Couchfish here or simply share this story with a friend. Don't forget, you can find the free podcasts on Apple, Pocket Casts and Spotify as well as right here on Couchfish.